What up, everybody? Welcome into the Bourbon Buzzed and Ballin' Podcast. That's Colby. I'm Dutt. And uh, we got the tears handy for for today's podcast. Uh, the news broke shortly before we set up to shoot this uh, this pod. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a rough day, it's man. A, it's a somber, somber moment it's for a rough the, day. the BB&B crew all all three of us, Alabama alumni, so it's a it's a shocking day. Uh, I expected to be honest. it. Yeah, you, yeah, we knew it was I coming. I expected it, but not so soon. Not, with, not so I, soon. I, I thought, you know, I thought he just it was signed coming. an ex, another extension. I know, so, man. But. I kind of thought, you know, if he if we had won the Natty this year, that he would definitely have announced. Right. But given that, given that uh, we didn't, and uh, you know, we got a good squad coming back. I kind of thought he would hang in for at least another one or two. I thought we had two more years to, yeah. to hold on and then, you know, maybe announce, you know, the coach in waiting or, or – Right. But I – Yeah. Yeah, it's so, crazy. Of course, man. obviously we're talking about the breaking news of Nick Saban retiring. Um, but uh, we do want to do our show tonight, and uh, we're going to change up the format a little bit. You know, we usually – do a toast and a scumbag and then break into the, the hot topics, the coming in hot. Um, but tonight, we're just going to give two toasts. Um, you know, uh, Dud obviously, being born in Michigan, is is a Michigan fan, so we definitely want to give him an opportunity to – my side's not advancing. We want to give him an opportunity. Get rid of this Alabama stuff now, man. We're going full blue, baby. <laughs> going full blue. Go blue. So, as if nobody knows, Dutt, who's your opening toast this week? <laughs> go it's blue. written all over his chest. Go blue. Let me go ahead and yeah. put our picture up there of your your B squad. Yeah. Your, your, one, your one B. Yeah, my one one B for sure. You know, I grew up uh, as Colby mentioned, a born and born and raised in Michigan, and then grew up a huge Michigan fan. And I'm, Colby can remember meeting me for the first time. I was probably the very first Michigan fan he probably ever knew in person. So, been a Michigan fan my whole life. It actually took a while for Alabama to become one A over Michigan being one B. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, it was a slow process. And, uh, you know, as I guess I got older, I started getting a little more nostalgic think, yeah. about the alma mater. And then obviously. And I think the, the, the guy we're going to talk about next had a little bit to do yeah, with. Yeah, obviously Coach Saban coming in gave uh, gave a lot of fire back to the Alabama program. Right. And, you know, there's obviously been some been some other personal reasons why I was a little sour on Bama. You know, until I got a little older, and same, um, same. you know, so uh, yeah, no, Michigan man is uh, is. I never thought, honestly, I never thought I would see the day that Michigan <laughs> would truly win a national championship. I mean, the last one was '97. It was the year my son was born. Was That's the last right. uh, last title. That's right, which is a long time ago. <laughs> it seems like, and even then, that was sort of a. An asterisk title. I mean, because Nebraska was so strong yeah, that to, year. They had to share it with Nebraska. Yeah. And, that, and that was kind of interesting because, you know, um, uh, Washington also had shared their yeah, first title. Yeah. So 
the winner was finally going to get to have one outright since their last title. So, yeah, it was a hell of a game. I mean, Michigan looked great. Uh, that running game, I mean, you called it. Uh, you were a little off on your prediction. He had, wow. 14 yards short. Yeah, of. he had predicted Corum. <laughs> and, of course, he was the player, uh, offensive player of the game. So, you were all over that. And uh, that running game, you know, Michigan came out the gate, boom, boom, two long touchdowns. And I was like, damn, this game is – going to be over yeah and then somehow washington found a, a run defense i think they were losing their gap containment on their first couple of drives and they got back to just trusting the the play yeah and every you know every everybody was trying to overplay and make the play and they got back to playing team ball and made it Somewhat of a, a more interesting game for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think, I think Washington was was just starstruck early on, and and not having a lot of uh, not having a lot of experience on the big stage, and Michigan having had three straight. Well, I think the times. true national championship game was played the week before that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but anyway, Michigan. Michigan did what I thought they would. I thought they could run the ball and control the ball and, you know, control the game. And, you know, Penix was off. Michigan's rush D got, got to Penix quite regular. He was he was battered and beaten by the end of the game. And I, I think you made make a great point there. You know, the week before, Penix was on fire. He couldn't miss. I mean, he, right. he threw for over 400 yards. His passes were right on the money. And everybody is like, oh, well, against Michigan, he just – he was off. He was having a bad game. He was influenced by the Michigan defense. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. he, you know, once you start getting hit, you start looking around to see where that yeah. rush is coming from, and that's what causes you to miss your throws. Right. So Force that, your throws a little early, and you're sailing. You're, you know, you're not stepping into your throws. They're sailing off. I mean, yeah. everything that, everything you know, and we we say this a lot of times when we're talking about games. You know. Well, they just had a bad game. They yeah. just had a bad game. But really, when you no, think about yeah. it, it's the other team that forced their will. Yeah, so, sometimes you can't have a bad game. A, sure. a player can't have a bad game. Everybody's human. But every bad game isn't just the result of that player having a bad game. Sure. And right. this wasn't a result. Just like Milrow against that Michigan defense. You know, he was averaging all year long about 10 yards of uh, uh, pass play. Mm -hmm. You know, he was averaging 10 yards of, per, per pass. Against Michigan, they cut that in half. Yeah. Same thing with Penix. You know, he was only he was only getting five yards a a pass. Right. So you gotta you gotta give credit where the credit deserves to be, and that's on that Michigan defense. Yeah, yeah. D coordinator, he's he's definitely gonna be uh, he's definitely gonna be a coach to watch. He's he's on a he's on a quick meteoric rise, I'm sure. Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm. You know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for for Michigan. You know, uh, a good bit of my family still. My brother's still a yeah, huge sure Michigan I'm sure fan. Your brother and, uh, is real happy about the outcome. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. So let's just give Michigan. Cheers, Michigan. Go blue. Good job, Harbaugh. You're weird, but but good <laughs> job, man. You know, you mentioned Harbaugh, and. Just a little while ago, while I was getting ready for the show, it a thought popped into my head. Both of your teams are 
possibly going to be replacing their head coaches this year if, no, no. if Harbaugh goes on to the NFL like it's being talked. Uh, you know, you're going going from going from here to here in in just a matter of of days, really. Yeah, I mean, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of movement in in the coaching world. Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, you know, right? They right. made it sound like it was a mutual thing, but listening to Carroll, it sounded more like he was given an option to be fired or right. take a position off the field, you know, in in a in an advisory capacity. He hung on a lot longer than I ever thought he and would. Of course, uh, I know Nick's seventy-two. I, I think Pete's at least seventy-two, I if think, not I a think, year or two older. I think they're really close to the same yeah, age. I last think they're time both I about. Said. And of course. Pete Carroll, he's got more energy than than me, <laughs> you know. So he's chewing on that bubblicious, yeah, all all all, all that gum on the sideline. Yeah, uh, no, Mike Vrabel, Vrabel gets canned, and you know Belichick's Belichick's yeah, decisions coming up soon. Yeah, he might just retire now, and him and Nick yeah. can go down to that fifteen million dollar. <laughs> beachfront property and uh, do some deep sea fishing together. Well, or maybe they can come to Carolina. One the GM and one the coach. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, I'm sure Bryce would welcome that with open arms. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right, well, I mentioned that uh, we were just going to change up the format a little bit tonight. We opened up with a toast to Michigan. I don't know if you want to put your Alabama gear back on now that we're, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to shift a little bit and uh i'm not and gonna do, i'm not gonna don't dis- be a total yeah, homer don't, and don't, don't disrespect the goat now no we're not gonna do that we're not gonna do that I, i'm still holding on to a lot of michigan gear out there so oh and while while that's getting dressed funny story about uh michigan so uh him and his buddy were going to a watch party at a bar in uh, charlotte and uh, owned by a michigan alumni and of course, you know, I wanted to support Dutt and he invited me and my family to come down there. So we're down there at this bar and they're giving out these raffle tickets. They're going to do a drawing at halftime. And uh, they had four gifts to give away, some t-shirts, some Christmas ornaments. And uh, me and my wife and daughter and her boyfriend, you know, all Alabama alumni and only people in there not wearing Michigan gear and... Uh, <laughs> We won two of the four giveaways. Right. <laughs> of course, I got them. Yeah, so yeah. So it, at worked least, out, it worked out great for this guy. Yeah, at least they did go to a, a Michigan household right, somewhere. Right. So. But it, it was just kind of funny that of all the people in that bar, the two people, two of the people that, that weren't uh, true Michigan, you know, I felt fans. bad for all the other I know. Michigan <laughs> fans in there, but hey, you know. And, and of course, me and my daughter both had to give a roll tide after they called our number. Right, right. So yeah, it was a good time though. It was fun, and and uh, everybody was great down there. We had a good time. So, all right, well let's. Uh, you know, we've already touched on it quite a bit, but let's go into our next opening toast of the night, and of course, that's going to go to the goat. As we mentioned earlier, Nick Saban has decided to retire. And, you know, I don't he, blame is, him. he has definitely earned that right to go out on his own terms when he felt the need. You know, I do believe that the changing landscape in college football had, had, had the influence on this decision. I do too. You know, I, uh, 
last week I mentioned it as a New Year's resolution that college football needed to be fixed. You know, they they need to figure out how this transfer portal is going to work, how NIL is going to work, how um, opt-outs and bowl games and all this stuff. Uh, and I think, you know, Nick being 72 years old, he's like, I just don't know that I <laughs> – want to deal with all that shit anymore yeah no i think uh i definitely think that was that was probably it for him i mean i i can't think of any i mean he still he still has the energy he still has the want to he still uh you know this year was probably you know one of his better coaching years really to be honest with you because the team could have gone two directions and and he took them in the right direction yeah. And so this was one of his better efforts. So you can't really say anything about his energy. Can't really say anything that the game's passed him by because it certainly hasn't passed him by. He's adapted at every time. I and mean, we can go all the way back to the, the no huddle, the speeding of, of offense, not letting your defense substitute to the, to the transfer portal, to yeah. all the many, many changes that have taken place. And that's why he is the GOAT. And I, I, I'm not going to say he's the GOAT of college football coaching. He's the GOAT of football coaching. And, you know, we can debate that a little bit if you want to here coming up. But he's the GOAT because for two reasons. You know, Belichick, all his championships, he won with Brady. Sure. So that takes a little bit away from him because he hasn't been near as successful without Brady. And Brady was successful without Belichick. So that's why I... I put Nick over Belichick. And the second reason, because of what you just said, because of adaptability, because the college game changed from when he first was winning championships and just scored nine points a game and right. winning a game uh, based on just running the ball, wearing out the defense, and, and I mean, wearing out the other team's offense and um, strong defense to the no huddle, the – the hurry up, you know, run 50 plays a game instead of 20 games a play. I mean, 20 games, 20, a, a 20, 20 plays. plays a game. Right. <laughs> Get a little tongue tied tonight. Um, We're off our game, man. Yeah. We're off our game. We're stunned. <laughs> we yeah. are stunned for sure. But well, definitely, you know, and, and definitely it, adaptability and the the fact that he's been, been willing to change um, the course for Alabama football Many times, many times, with success, too. You know, just when you had him counted out when Clemson rose to the top, boom, he came back. Yeah. Georgia rose to the top, boom, he came back. It's been one constant. Yeah, it's always been, been and, the, and, and, you know, I say there's been one constant, but he's the only constant that's been at Alabama. Oh, absolutely. Because that's another reason he's the GOAT. Because if you have to consider all the changes he's had to make with coaching staffs, you know, OCs, DCs, position coaches. Recruiting, you know. It's just, all this. Yeah, yeah, everything. It's definitely. Always in the top two. I think his worst recruiting class may, may have finished fifth or sixth. But, uh, um, and he usually would only have players three years max because right. they're turning pro. He's had more first-round draft picks than he has losses in his career. <laughs> I mean, it's just you, – you can go on and on with, with the accomplishments and the accolades. And What is know. his record? Did you uh, – At Bama, he's like 206 and 29 just at Bama. And then at Bama. he's got like another 90 
I think he had like another 90 victories between LSU and Toledo and Michigan State or whatever. But, yeah, he, he only had 29 losses. He, he coached at Bama for 17 years. First year was a struggle. You know, I think they finished seven and six. Yeah. The next 16 years, all 10-plus win seasons. Yeah. Um, which is an incredible. 2009 started our, our national championship runs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you think about what Mike Tomlin has been able to accomplish with his winning records in the NFL, and then look at Nick with 16 straight years of 10-plus wins, and that's back when you only played 11 games a year. Right, right. <laughs> you know, now you now you play, what, 15, 16, but that's, you know, increased over the years. So that's just an amazing accomplishment. You know who else I'm happy for? Miss Terry. Yeah. You know, Miss Terry's His whole had, family, really. Yeah, you know, and he's, he's, he's got a third grand, uh, grand, I don't know if it's a daughter or son, but third grandchild on the way. Yeah. Um, so he can spend time with his grandkids. Uh, but, yeah, Miss Terry is has been a huge part of the Alabama program. But also, you know, Nick was at the facility. I mean, Nick works 24-7, 365. Right. Almost. I know that's a bit of an exaggeration, but you know now he, now Miss Terry gets more more Nick, so I'm happy for her. You know that that uh, she gets to, of course, knowing Nick, he'll probably have, you know, he'll probably still be part of the Alabama program in some capacity. Well, you know, he's going to be guest appearing and well, and and I, I saw an article article already written about he him replacing Corso. On game day, oh, that would be pretty cool. So you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll have he'll stay very busy. You know, him and Prime will probably still do the the Affleck commercials. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But uh, but yeah, now, uh, Coach, thank you for 17 incredible years. Yeah, it's been 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 a fun and, ride, uh, man. You, you, you changed, spoiled us all. Yeah, you did. As Bama fans, and not only that, I mean, if you're if and as an Alabama alums, I mean, you changed the campus, man. You oh, changed oh, the, yeah. our university has grown exponentially under your football program. You know, carrying the carrying the change. Yeah, I think so, he made roughly about 130 million dollars over the 17 years at Alabama, and he was vastly underpaid. Underpaid. Doubled our for, enrollment. Yeah, I mean, the buildings, the condos, the hotels, the restaurants. Yeah. Uh, everything for Tuscaloosa, the school. It's changed. Uh, it's changed it, dramatically, for yeah, sure. It, it, uh, it's going to be tough, man. It's it gonna is. Be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a little interesting for, for Bama, for all of us. You know, we I guess we roll into my we roll kids, into just talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My kids know they don't know. You know, they were there for eight and a half years consecutively between the two of them. You know, Nick was there for that whole time, and uh, you know it's yeah. Uh, they don't they don't know they don't know they don't know the the Mike years. They yeah. don't understand the Mike years <laughs> that us Bama fans suffered through. And so, uh, you know, brings us to another subject, you know, who's who's next? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was watching some of the ESPN before the, the taping of this tonight. And, you know, they had uh, Reese on there, Reese Davis, who's an Alabama alumni. They had Greg McElroy, who played for, you know, won Nick's first mm-hmm. championship at Bama. Not his first, you know, he had won at LSU, but 
his first Bama championship, Greg was his quarterback, and they were talking about him. And Reese was talking about uh, the coaches that you reach out to, at, you know, Greg Byrne, the AD at Bama. And, uh, you know, he said, of course, the first two you got to reach out to uh, that are probably going to say no, but you still got to reach out to them would be D'Amico, Ryan, <laughs> and and uh, Kirby. Yeah. You know, you you, you got to at least pick up the phone and say, hey, any interest, you know, make ah. them tell you no, which, which we, we – D'Amico, I agree. Kirby, nah. Well, I, but, I don't – if I'm Greg Byrne, I'm not reaching out to Kirby at all. I mean – Let him stay at Georgia, Well, man. there's Let talk stay that, uh, yeah, there's talk that he might go to the Falcons. Well, you know, there was talk Nick was going to bolt us to go to the Texas right. Longhorn – University of Texas two years ago. So, I, I don't put any stock into that. Yeah. I think Kirby, he's a UGA guy. Leave him at UGA. We don't. We don't really. Honestly, I don't really want him at Bama. I like him. No, at UGA. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 you he's know, their he, guy. He, yeah, let he, him, let yeah, him have he, their he's guy. built his program there. He's not going to want to come be in the shadow no, again. No. So no, he's not. But I'm just saying what, sure. what Reese mentioned. And then he said, "I just Dan, disagree with." Him. Yeah, Dan Lanning, uh, DeBoer from Washington, and uh, Norville. From Florida State, wouldn't that be mm-hmm. ironic? <laughs> nah, I don't. I'm. Not, I don't believe in any of the. I believe in Lanning. Yeah, Lanning I think Dan be, Lanning's name certainly is. I on mean, D'Amico would be my first choice, but I don't think that's happening. I think D'Amico I is a pro coach. Yeah, I don't think D'Amico's not my first choice. My first choice is Lane Kiffin. Kiffin. I'm going for Lane Kiffin, man. I just like. Kiffin. I like Kiffin. I like. I do like Kiffin. He's my second choice, or. Let me just go ahead and throw D'Amico Ryan out because I don't think no, that he would no, even he's Like it. you said, he's a pro guy. He's, but, uh, he's so got a pro gig now. Dan Lanning is my first choice because of his defensive strength. You know, Lane would be my second choice, but Lane scares me on the defensive side of the ball. Can, can Lane get a good enough defense to win a national championship? I think Dan Lanning can. So that's why Lanning would be my first choice, uh, is because of his defensive background. I like uh, I like Kiffin as my first choice because I like Kiffin's innovative offense. I like the fact Although that he, he goes to Bama. I think he can bring in a DC, you know that that can upgrade, you know, the defenses he's had in the past. Well, hopefully and, he wouldn't bring Golden back with him. No, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not either, but. He's gonna he's gonna have a better caliber player at his disposal to improve his defense. I just like his innovative offense and the fact that he's still got a little bit of youth left. You know, mm-hmm. no, I'm a I'm a big Lane Kiffin fan. I like Lanning too. I'm not gonna yeah, say yeah. I don't like Lanning, but I just I give Lanning the edge just because I think in today's game defense still is the deciding factor. You know, if you go back sure. and look at this I mean, year, Michigan won because of Michigan was old school, yeah. running the ball and defense. Jimmy Hall, Georgia, won. Georgia won their back to back on the strength of their defense, pro style offense, and who was part of that? Dan Lanning. Yeah. Um, so Dan Lanning's got both the experience in the process at Bama, and then also with what Kirby's built at Georgia, it, that resume to me, it's hard to, it's hard to ignore that. Um, now, will he be willing to leave Oregon? 
That's, well, that's, that's, that's a question. That's you know, other, because Oregon's got deep pockets. Nike money right. is deep pockets. And, you know, here's another thing that, that we got to consider. I mean, who wants to follow in the footsteps exactly. of that? Yeah, you, usually you don't want to be the next guy. You want to be the guy that follows the guy. But I think the cupboards are so stocked. Sure, and and I, that's why I think I think Lane Kiffin can salvage our recruiting class, i.e. Yeah. Ryan Williams. Yeah. You know, there's two things that, that you're touching on is, you know, recruits that haven't signed on the dotted line yet, and even the ones that have, there's this opens because the coaches stepped down, this opens another thirty day transfer portal window mm. where anybody can transfer out. Um, and like you said, Ryan Williams, who was a top recruit, has been saying Bama all along, he had de- decommitted tonight uh, with this announcement. Um, so, And he ain't going to be the first. And, and he ain't going to so be the first. Cause. I'm with you on on the, the Lane Kiffin or even the Deion Sanders if, if recruiting is what scares us. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Dan Lanning is recruiting well out in, he is. Out in Oregon as well. There again. He's but disconnected he, from the southeast now for a year. Right. A couple of years, but so. I think with his ties to Nick and Kirby, I think he can, you know. And then, like you said, bring in a strong off offensive coordinator. Um, I think he could, you know. Bama's still Bama. I mean, yeah. Yeah, know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't cry. I wouldn't cry if we if we get landing. I mean, this, if we're able to pull any of these guys, I yeah. just. I don't know. I I think Lane Kiffin, you know, he turned down that Texas A&M job really quick, <laughs> really quick. Yeah, I don't know what Lane's – I know Lanning's buyout is $20 million. I don't know what Lane's is. I'm, I imagine it's in that ballpark, I, I, but I'm, not near as much. I, yeah, I would, I would guess somewhere in the in the 12 to $14 million range yeah. would be my guess. Uh, yeah. But I don't – I don't, I don't know for he turned down that Texas A&M job really fast, man. I'm just thinking. And, I'm just it, and thinking, he was. I'm just thinking there's been some groundwork done, man. I won't be mad about it. I, I love me some Lane Kiffin. I ain't some groundwork lie. done, Bama. I don't, I don't believe Coach Saban just pulled that rug out from under yeah, us. Yeah, I don't I, think it. Yeah, I think, I think. I don't think it's going to be long mm-hmm. before we no. hear who the next coach there's is. There's been some groundwork done. And, you know, you said Dion. Dion been pretty quiet. He Dion did send out. A I know text. he did. He did congratulate and coach. Uh, you know, he was talking, and, and Dion actually kind of echoed what I said. Been pretty quiet here lately um, about uh, you know college football. You know, he felt like Saban was leaving because because of, uh, the the game changed. Yeah, he said the yeah. game has changed so much that it chased the goat away. College football. Let's hold up our mirrors and say honestly what you see. So he's kind of saying the same thing I said that. There's some problems with college football right now that need to be fixed. But, uh, of course, he acts surprised. So, if, if, if some things were happening behind the scenes. Hey, maybe he can play poker. <laughs> maybe he's good at poker. Maybe. I mean, anybody who, if there's been some more. And I just, I just don't believe Coach Saban. I mean, he loves Alabama. He's going to go down as a Bama guy. I don't believe he just pulls the rug out from underneath Alabama. Now, now our fan base has been pretty shitty at times. So you know, but I just don't think he. Uh, I don't think. Well, most of that fan base is your what 
I heard the, the expression lunatic friends. No, I heard the expression the other day. They're they're Walmart fans because oh, yeah. they go to Walmart and buy them an Alabama T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden they're experts. You know, they had no affiliate affiliation to the university nothing like that they just oh, i'm gonna pull for them because they're winning championships and those are usually the ones that are the biggest dickheads you know out there in the in the in the community i guess you can say that on our podcast can't you we can say whatever and nobody censor our shit <laughs> <laughs> Woo! where did where that tear give me a tissue man I'm, i got a little tear i got a little tear right now just looking at that goat over my shoulder yeah damn it, I, damn it. I looked for uh, I looked for a picture that kind of you know there was some him waving as he's going off the field and I kind of felt like you know he'd give us a thumbs up family you're gonna be okay <laughs> mm, I don't see it coach I feel I feel yeah, pretty rough right now but you know I in some respects it's kind of like uh, I'm a little relieved because you know I feel like this has been over our shoulders now for like a year or so and. I'm like, okay, he's retiring. And I get the timing. You know, yeah. the 12 the twelve team committee, I mean, the 12 team playoff um, field, that comes next year. So, yeah, there's so much going on that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't blame him. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm 20 years his junior and I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired after yeah. a day's worth of work and running around after this grandchild. Well, I he's, can't imagine. He, yeah, he's he's had three to run he's after. Got, he's got... 85 scholarship grandkids exactly. that he's got to chase down. That's another that's another point, you know, for his greatness, you know. He's he's had to uh he's had to handle all these scholarship restrictions and and managing that scholarship uh roster size. You know, when we all, you know, this is this goes out to Bama Nation, Bama fans, you know, when we talk about the goat for Alabama, there's always a nice debate on the Bear versus Saban. This is the goat. Yeah, I'm no sorry, debate. but this is the goat right here, cause, cause, cause Bear didn't have those restrictions to deal with. He could just snatch anybody he wanted to, throw them on a throw them on a, a uniform, and and just leave them over there on the sideline, so no one else could have them. Yeah, this guy's had to manage a roster size, scholarship yeah. limitations. So, he's he's the Bama goat in my book. Now I know there's a lot of old heads out there that'll that'll argue that one, but but this is the goat, man. We've been witnessing greatness for 17 yeah, years. Yeah, he, he did more over less less period of time, dealing with a whole lot more, of, you know, controls and restrictions and changing and having to turn over his staff every year, every other year. I mean, it's just it, yeah. it, it's incredible what he's done. It really is. I don't know that we'll ever see see that again. Nah, records are meant to be broken. But you know, I I think tell you one thing that I've noticed in the last couple hours is the number of of people coming out talking about Coach Saban now. You know, even on social media, the number of people that I've I've been arguing with for the last three or four years on social media of other fan bases that absolutely hate Alabama and anything Coach Saban says or does. They've been coming out, you know, and, and giving a lot of respect, sprinkling a little respect on that man, which is well, it's like we talked. Good. It's like we talked last week. A coach like this, if you got to go up against him, you absolutely hate him. But if he's your coach, you love him. And now that he's nobody's coach, the people that hated him because they had to compete against him, 
now can show that respect. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that hate, hate's a strong word. I won't even say hate, but uh, that dislike, that strong dislike, strong that, dislike that everybody that opposed him had for him, that is a sign of respect, you know, because, you know, now everybody is relieved, you know, all the Georgia fans are, are <laughs> turning backflips, you know. <laughs> all the fan bases out there, man, they're all they're all excited he's retiring, and rightfully so. I mean, Saban and Bama's owned college football for, for a long time. It's been a fun run. Yep. And let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about it in the past tense because we can pull in a good coach. I mean, if we oh, yeah. can pull in one of these dogs that we've talked about, this, this recruiting class can be salvaged. And there's some potential um, transfers from some schools, too, that yeah, can actually... Yeah, I, I think we'll lose some, but on, on the flip side, I think we'll bring some right back, you know, to replace yeah. them. I, I, oh, I agree. I agree. I, I think we're going to be fine. I don't think we're going to slip into the Mike, the Mike days. I no, mean, Saban's I, I, built us up to such a, such a level. And, you know, Alabama, you know, Alabama's known... In, in many areas, you know, you know, he's put us, I don't want to say he's put us on the map because we've always been on the map, but we were a sleeping giant when he came in 07. Well, and, you know, and usually you do say, don't be the guy that follows the guy, be the guy that follows the guy that follows the guy. But if you bring in somebody that knows what to do, what's already there, it can be plug and play, and you just keep right on chugging along. Yeah, there'll be a little bit of a, you know, everybody's got to put their own little twist on things. But Kirby basically took what he learned at Bama and put it in at Georgia. Took yeah. him a couple years to weed exactly. out Mark, Mark Rich yeah, stuff. Yeah, he had to get his – but yeah. that's the thing. Here, you don't got to weed out because you already got the players there that are willing to, you know – do that fourth quarter training in the off season that, that yeah. is hell. Um, so. That's why I like. That's why I like Kiffin, man. I think Jalen Milrow fits Kiffin nicely. And I don't think I think Kiffin, and I say this respectfully, but I think he's cocky enough that it won't scare him to follow the goat. Exactly. And, exactly. and it, it's probably going to take somebody like that. And like I said, I, I Lane Kiffin, I will. And I, I will support that choice. I swear, Kiffin's been Kiffin's been really good in the in the in what he says yeah, about he's very saving he for the last very, couple of years, or at least the last year for sure. Yeah, he's very particular. He thinks he puts a lot of thought yeah, into. Does. And you know, I said I've said it before that there's no way Coach Saban's gonna gonna let us just gonna pull the rug out from under us and just retire without a plan. I just don't feel like he would do that, and I just don't feel like I just I don't feel like there there isn't a plan B. There's been a plan B out there, and I'm just saying Kiffin's been quiet. He's been saying the right things. He turned down that A and M job. I tell you one really quickly. One one person I feel a little bit sorry for is Tommy Reese. You know he he left behind what he had at Notre Dame. He left an opportunity to follow Brian Kelly at LSU to come to Bama to work with Saban, and he might be one and done. 
it's going to be one and done. And I don't, that don't hurt my feelings. I, I didn't mean, say it hurt my feelings. I just said I felt sorry for the guy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think he'll bounce back. He's got oh, some sure. youth I'm on his sure side. And, and, you know, he's a Notre Damer, you know. And so I think he'll, I think he'll definitely bounce back. But he's not going to bounce back in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. He's not going to do that. He's, he's not got the uh, – I mean, he might be a good uh, he might be a good quarterback coach for for Kiffin, <laughs> you know. But he ain't got the mindset to run a Kiffin yeah. style offense. I mean, he didn't show that to me in play calling. But at any well, rate, doesn't Kiffin call his own plays? Yes, sir. So he's going to want an offense coordinator that's willing to run everything during practice during the week, but then on game day, sit back and let Lane take over. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I don't. I think we got a plan B out there, Bam. Don't don't cry. Although I'm tearing up just a little bit <laughs> thinking about it for sure. I, I can I can see it being Lane Kiffin. I really can because, like I said, it's gonna take somebody's gonna have to be cocky to be willing to say, "Hey, I can follow that." That's who I think. That's who I think. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Yeah, you know, and. Uh, like I said, Reese mentioning Norvell, I'm like, Ugh, you know, no that, thank you, man. Well, but can you imagine being being Florida State and losing you know, to Alabama? We we, we jerked their <laughs> we, we supposedly jerked their playoff spot out from underneath them. Now you, we would, now if we jerked their coach out, you from thought Auburn Auburn hated they'll us. all be on suicide watch. Do you, do you realize that Toomer's corner got rolled about an hour and a half ago? Oh, celebrating yeah, it, Nick. Toomer's corner got rolled. That's just sad, man, that the, I mean, the GOAT that's retires. Respect. That's respect. I guess you can look at it. I look at it as a waste of resources. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, toilet paper's not cheap anymore, well, people. It's a good thing we got these tissues around here. You know? Toilet paper ain't cheap, you know, and you're throwing them around some trees. But that's, that's... You cried about some Spike 80, but now you're worried about a little toilet paper. Anyway. I don't have the heart in me to, to rage on Auburn right now. I'm still reeling. I'm still reeling from the announcement, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stay off of Auburn. But as far as Norvell goes, nah, he can just stay in Tallahassee, man. He, oh, I, he's I got a little something going in Tallahassee. I get yeah, it, but yeah, yeah. No, but you're gonna have to do more. You're gonna have to do more than 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 bring Tallahassee, bring FSU back from from the dust than than that just to come back come to Tuscaloosa. I mean, you, you got to do more than just one decent season to come I heard to Jimbo Town. Fisher's looking for a job. Man, Jimbo <laughs> Fisher, he can, he can kiss his ass. He can bend over and kiss his own ass. You bend over, put your head between your legs and kiss your own ass, then you might get to come to Tuscaloosa as a D, as an offensive coordinator for Lane Kiffin. <laughs> no, Jimbo's done. Yeah, Norvell's good. I like Norvell. I think he's a great fit at Florida State, and I'm glad to see Florida State back on the map because that's fun to me when you got the when you got the the Knowles going crazy and they're good that's that's good for college football yeah I mean I obviously I think they're going to go after somebody that's got some ties previous ties to the program first and uh, I think it's important I think it's important man I, I look at Kirby Kirby at Georgia man he's he's coaching at his alma mater, it just means more. Oh, Look yeah. at Jim, man. Jim Harbaugh. It just means more. The last three national champions are coached by former players. Yeah, just means more. So, yeah. I would love, I would love 
come home to Miko. Yeah. I would love, <laughs> thank you for saying his name because I forgot his damn name. I would love for D'Amico, but. Going to win the Super Bowl. Not going to happen, man. Going to win the Super Bowl with the Texans, and then come win a natty next year with Bama. With you'd, be, you'd be the first to ever do it. With your rookie quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I don't see them winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's, he's looking pretty good. He's looking good. But, no, I, I mean, we talked about – are we moving off of the goat? No, I mean, we're just talking. I mean, I'm tired of talking about the goat, man. Goat's old news. See you, Nick. Get out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Put our socials up there. Yeah, no, we talked about that, you know, in our NFL show uh, two years ago. You know, when we first started this podcast, we said, you know, the Texans were were probably one full season away from making the playoffs, which was – not this year, but next year, and then they beat us to it. Yeah. And the Jags, we made the comment on the Jags, and so, you know, people need to start taking some notice. We made a few calls on this show <laughs> that have, you've you nailed the college playoffs. They worked out. They've worked out pretty good. I mean, the Texans, we said they were on schedule and ahead of schedule, and they went even more ahead of schedule than that. And so, you know, they picked up the right coach. It looks like they drafted the right quarterback. That fits them, you know, and, and I'm not a huge C.J. Stroud fan, but, I mean, it's hard to he it's makes, hard to he, watch him and not throw, be a fan. His throws look effortless. He's, I mean, he's, like, he's accurate, man. He is so damn accurate. And that just goes to show you how ridiculously stupid <laughs> the Wonderlick test is. And, and how some how of, mad a coach Ryan Day is. Yeah, Ryan Day, you've, you're garbage, man. You couldn't win a natty with him in that receiving core that you yeah. had. Oh, my God. Oh, God, bro. That's terrible, man. That's terrible, Buckeyes. You ought to be mad, man. Y'all be running him. You ought to be running Ryan Day out of Columbus because you got rid of Trestle for tattoos. You got rid of Jim Trestle for tattoos for Ryan Day, and Jim Harbaugh's kicking y'all's ass, and I love it. Go blue. (laughs) I love it. But back to C.J. Stroud, man. He's good, man. He's good, and he said it himself. I'm a football player. I'm not a test taker. So hopefully the GMs learn a lesson. Yeah. Learn a lesson, man. It's not all about the, the Wonderlick score and the tests. And I mean, the kid can throw, and he's accurate as hell, man. And look at his receiving core. Well, and like I said, They're good. You know, I, think, I think, you know, when you go back and look at his college career, aside from the Georgia game, nothing really just blows you away. I mean, he was always accurate. <laughs> And he always threw a good ball, you know, but you're right. You're right. I mean, the Georgia game, he never ran until the Georgia game. Yeah. You know, he didn't show athleticism until the Georgia game. Because I used to think game. he was soft. You know, watching sure. him play at Ohio State, he looked soft to me. I thought he was going to get broken half in the NFL. But I think, I think that speaks of the Big Ten to me because he, he, he played to his competition. He did what he had to do. Yeah. Then he goes up against Georgia. He did what he had to and, do. J.J. McCarthy may be the same way. Exactly, you know, he, exactly. Nothing flashy, but he may get in the NFL. And, you know, apparently, according to uh, Harbaugh, he's better than Tom Brady. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, at Michigan, he is. He is better than Tom Brady at Michigan. Yeah. But That's I mean, because the coach back then didn't know what he had and wouldn't play him. Well, he, he, a lot of coaches didn't know Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady. Hell, he went in the sixth round. But anyway, yeah, no, uh, J.J.'s going to be a good good NFL quarterback. He throws a good ball, too. He's got he's a little rough on the edges versus C.J. Stroud. But, yeah, no, I, 
I did I did want to ask you this, you know, since we're talking about GMs and Wonderlick tests, you know, and, and since we're here in the Charlotte market, you know, what are the Panthers gonna do? You know, I, I hear I hear Tepper wants to hire a coach and then hire a GM. What do you think? Do you hire the GM and then hire the coach? I I think you hire the GM and let the GM you and the GM have input into who your coach is. Sure. If you hire the coach first and then you bring in a GM who has a different philosophy, a different you're gonna have that that infighting. Right. You gotta have everybody on the same page and you gotta do it in the hierarchy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because if the shit goes wrong, then they're gonna both be throwing each other under the bus to the to the owner. You you want them on the same page. I I'm always and they they don't always do it this way, but I'm a firm believer the GM you always put them in, in place first. The GM and the owner go through that coaching process and hire the coach. Yeah. That they both. I think that too, but I guess I'm hearing from the young people who want to change everything that that's kind of old school mentality. But honestly. I mean, and I've seen it done both ways, you know, where. It hasn't right. worked to date for Tepper. Right. And he got a, Tepper's got a chance to do a reset. And he's never done a reset. And, and I hope that he taps into some of these other programs that have built winning programs. You know, San Francisco is a gold standard for how you build a team. Like a culture, a winning culture. The Baltimore Ravens are a gold standard for how you build a team, how you run an organization. Right. Tap into, you know, you're not going to get their GM, but get their assistant GM who's learned how to do it, you know. So get somebody that has come up in yeah. one of these organizations that knows how to. The blueprint. You know, they have the blueprint. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's where you can have success. And, 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 I've and heard then get your ass doing. out the way. Right, yeah. Please. Hire a competent GM and let him GM. Right. And you just sit up there and try not to throw drinks on people. <laughs> I mean, if you hire a GM that hires a coach and you have continuity and, and you got moving the right direction. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be less stressed. You're not going to let a fan rile your feathers and you're not going to throw a gin and tonic on him or water. You say it was water, but <laughs> you wouldn't drink no damn water. Come on, Tepper. You're a drunk. We know it. Well... They don't serve water in them little plastic cups. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I agree. I think you hire the GM first and let the GM lead the show on the on the quarterback. I mean, on the uh, coaching. Well, there, sure. If you don't do it that way, there could be a GM that you really want to bring in who says, "No, you already got the coach in place that you know I would have wanted to bring in this guy or at least talk to this guy." So if you don't follow the, the proper order, it, it's just you're setting yourself up for failure. for failure. More failure. From the beginning. More failure. Yeah, and you gotta have a GM that believes in Bryce. And the, the coach has to has to wanna work with Bryce. I mean that's I mean Bryce is your guy, at least for two more years. I mean, I think you're gonna ride him out for three before you decide if Bryce is just not the guy. So Yeah, and when you when you bring in the the coach on your own and you try to give them too much control in today's game that hasn't been successful mm -hmm. you know look at like i said belichick over the last so many years without brady 
you know, Sean Payton out in Denver, it's it's not working right now. And I'm not saying it won't, but it's not working right now. Um, so, you know, when these coaches want to come in and try – Bill O'Brien with the Texans, you know, when they gave him the GM role, things went to shit. He was a great coach up until then. Yeah. And then, he, that, you know, let the head coach be the head coach. Let the GM be the GM. You know, yes, you're going to want communication and interaction and input, but you still got to have clear uh, roles and, and – it's yeah. the way all businesses are run, and the NFL is a business. And you got to run it that way, you know, right? The, the yeah. owner's the CEO, the GM's your president, and so on down the line. And that, that's the way business. Well, at least he, he has hired a, an agency to try to help him find the right people. So maybe, uh, maybe yeah, this and time the, around, and the names he listens. I've, and the names I've been seeing, you know, it's it's the people. That are working for the GMs of like the Dallas Cowboys, yep. the 49ers, the, the Ravens. Ravens. Yep. And that's that's a good formula for success. So. I mean, look at Georgia. Look at exactly. Kirby. Kirby took the Alabama process over, applied it to Georgia and Athens. And, and it, doesn't all, it doesn't always work. No, but if applied correctly by the right guy. Mike McDaniel coming, it over, from, yep. coming over from San Francisco. The Shanahan tree. It yep. worked, man. It works. Yep. Yep, exactly. You know, you were talking about, or we were talking about Stroud when he was at um, Ohio State. And Penix, you know, when he was leaving the game, and I'm sure he was in a lot of pain both both physically and emotionally, but that wasn't a good look in my opinion <clears throat> when you're wanting to be considered – as a first-round draft pick in the NFL, you already you're you're old for a college <laughs> football quarterback. You beat up. You're already uh, you have a have a history. medical chart yeah. that's yeah thicker Look, than the Webster. Looks like uh, what's his name uh, Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse <laughs> when he brings his big old medical file with him to the hospital. Yeah. Um, so. It, you know, some of those things I think can hurt draft status. You know, because people are always watching. Oh yeah, yeah. And, I think uh, uh, definitely Penix's draft stock took a huge hit Monday night. I mean, that was sure. But yeah. I, I think it was already going to take a hit anyway. I think just the talking heads have kind of talked him back into the first round. But I think, I think like you just said, most most uh, GMs and coaches in the NFL. They they're scared about that age and they're scared about that that medical history. Yeah. I mean, but I I do think at the same time he's going to be good value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can get him at good value, you got to do it. Right. Yeah. But exactly. I think I think now that that opportunity, I think before that he was going to be overdrafted. Oh yeah. Now yeah. there's a good chance he's going to be underdrafted. Yeah. And he will – somebody will get him a good value. Because, you know, there's always going to be some asshole that takes him way higher than he should have been taken. But I I just see Penix slipping to, like, day three or four. And, I, yeah, I think for somebody like uh, – let's just say Carolina, for example. I mean, I like Bryce, don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> but that would be a good, like, day four pick if he's still available for somebody like Carolina to get another – Decent younger quarterback that could maybe come in, or or somebody that's got an established older quarterback. 
sure that they can learn. learn behind for a couple of years. Right. You know, kind of like a Jordan Love did with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Um, right. So that would be a good situation. You know, kind of like Hendon Hooker yeah. going to the Lions behind Goff. Um, you know, he, he was coming off an injury, coming off of great stats in college. You know, it's very similar to the Pennant situation. <clears throat> great stats in college, injury. Except he, his stats were, were earned in the SEC versus True. out in the pack. But I get what you're saying for sure. Because, I mean, I think I think Penix, Penix has the potential to be a good quarterback in the NFL. You know, maybe even just a good backup. I was going to say, I see him as a, as a career backup. Um, can come in, maybe, you know, have a little spurt of three or four games. Kind of like a Tyrod Taylor for the Giants. You know, he right. was never successful as the guy. Right. But right. he's one of the top Always. one of the top backups he, in the NFL. Yeah, he might get you a good win or two <laughs> exactly. as a starter, you know, in in, in short right. short term relief yeah. for sure. Penix just has a weird delivery, you know, and I think that's gonna be a strike against him. NFL don't like that weird deliveries and Yeah. Um and then and he's brittle. He's not I, very big. I don't know if he's that brittle, really. Michigan just well, man, Michigan I mean, guy. Oh, no, but if you go back to his Indiana yeah, right. day, I mean he's yeah, he's no. got a laundry list of injuries. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has a And they're not freak injuries, you know, like we've talked about too in the past before where Right. You know, he's not just a, a hip crazy hip, a yeah, crazy exactly. ankle. Yeah. His or two ACLs, a shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. An ankle. Of no, course they that did look that did look ugly. When his hit. lineman stepped on his like, yeah, and a rib. I think like Michigan got to his yeah, rib cage. Yeah, he kept walking off. Yeah, that the was, side. man. He got beat up. He got beat up. That was fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Go blue. That was fun to watch, man. You know what's crazy is uh, you you celebrating somebody getting hurt. That's what's crazy. No, I wouldn't celebrate him getting hurt. I don't celebrate such. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue, man. I. Honestly, man, I'm gonna tell you, I never thought I'd see, never thought I'd see a national championship in Ann Arbor. I did not. Of course, there's always that little air of uncertainty with the with the Spygate going on with Jim Harbaugh. So you never know if something's gonna come out and get somebody get stripped of something. That's always kind of scary. But you know, and Jim Harbaugh to the NFL, that's scary. You know, because. Because I think, you know, I think Michigan's interesting because Michigan hasn't been like a top five recruiting program. You know, Harbaugh's been developing. He's been developing players, and they're like their whole front seven, man. You go back and look at the stars, you know, look at the high school ratings of their front seven, and, and it's not impressive, but on the field it's impressive. Well, those, those stars weren't getting that Michigan bump yet. Yeah, that might be true. That might be coming. Although I have heard the Raiders and the Chargers, there's some I've heard mutual interest. Of course, you know it's not like I'm talking to the AD at Michigan or or Jim's agent or anything. But we ain't got we ain't got no spies <laughs> in the programs anywhere. So oh well, yeah. Whatever happens, happens, man. Just like today, yeah, woke yeah. up this morning <laughs> and I didn't even think. We would be talking about the goat being done. I mean, I really, I really thought uh, I thought we had two more years. I really, I really wanted to go out with one more natty, but not to be, 
not to be. He ended on his terms. I don't have – I ain't got nothing else, man. Except nah. for, I mean, the NFL, man, yeah, you know. playoffs kick off this weekend. I, I tell you one game that's going to be interesting to me, and that's the Lions against the yeah, Rams. Yeah. You know, Stafford, Stafford coming home against the Lions and yeah, Goff against the Rams. And, and it's probably the best matchup of the weekend. It really too. is. And that's I'm tough. actually pulling for Goff to get revenge against the yeah. Rams because they did him dirty. Stafford, not so much. I mean, Stafford, Stafford's great. Stafford's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, there's something going on with uh, all the fans saying, don't anybody show up in, a, in their Stafford, in the Stafford Lions jerseys. Well, I mean, I get that. I get that. But, I mean, Stafford didn't didn't leave the Lions by any stretch. I mean, he gave the Lions, he gave the Lions you know, everything he had. But the, but the Rams did golf dirty. Because yeah. golf's been a pretty decent quarterback. He hasn't, he hasn't been the guy that the Rams painted him out to be. And he's done well over it. Yeah, I'm sure. looking forward to that game. I'm looking forward to the Chiefs and the Dolphins, although the Dolphins, whew, I mean, that defense is – Talk about injuries. Yeah, that, I don't. They're they're signing the, guys off the, the street. Line. Yeah, exactly. They get UPS man is going to be <laughs> rushing for the Dolphins. Yeah, the, the Dolphins they they don't stand a chance, man. I I need to put some money on that one because got to go to Kansas City. I mean, at got, nighttime in when like single half, digit weather. Yeah, with half their defense. With half their defense, yeah, and, and they have Melvin Ingram covering tight ends in in the in the secondary. I mean, that's just. That's not a good recipe, and I don't know yeah. that Tua is going to be able to spend it. Well, I don't know. I haven't heard the latest on Mostert and Waddle. I mean, even their offense yeah. is missing a lot of they, – they've they've taken a beat in this. Early year. money would have been good to get on KC on that one, but yeah. I, it's, that line's probably gone up, gone up. But that – I'm not looking forward to that game at all, you know. And, and just when you think – you know, just when you think you know who the best team – <laughs> is in the NFL, you don't. I mean, it looks like the Bills now. I mean, the Bills look like probably the team in, to in, be. In the AFC, them, the Ravens look strong. The Ravens do look strong. I think I said about six, seven weeks ago when they were not quite where they were yet, I said, don't sleep on the Ravens. Now, we can, we can go back and look it up. We can go back and look that up. I think the two teams I said don't sleep on – I got one wrong because it was the Bengals, and the other one was the Ravens. And uh, I tell like, you, like you said earlier, hey, we, we come up with some good shit on this show. I Listen to you, us. I tell you, the team that's, that could, and I'm rooting against them, is the damn Rams. Yeah, the they've Rams been bad. Are, they're they're coming peaking. on strong. They're peaking, man. Yeah, they're they, peaking. I wouldn't sleep on them. But, no. they, but, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm the hoping Bills, Detroit knocks them off. <laughs> Bills and the Ravens, man. The Bills and the Ravens. And, and, and the NFC, I think I'm back on the Cowboys again. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I'm back on the I'm back on the them boys. Yeah, but they, they have a tendency to choke in the playoffs. They do have a tendency to choke. It it's kinda like uh kinda like I felt like with Michigan, I would bet against Michigan in the in the final four, but I would bet against the Cowboys in the playoffs for sure. Who they got? This weekend they got. Uh, I don't even know. I honestly I haven't really looked. Well, the, the Niners are off, right? You got the the Browns playing the uh, Texans. That's, I, I that's think the, the, that's it the would early be the Saturday game. against the Packers, isn't it? That's it. 
because the Cowboys are the yeah. top seeded team playing. Yeah, it is. So the it would be the Packers. Yeah. And Jordan loves Jordan yeah. loves playing and, some and ball. And that's not really a great matchup for the Cowboys. You know, I'm sure they would have rather played some of these other teams hmm. uh, like the the Buccaneers. <laughs> But the Buccaneers are division winners. Yeah, yeah, they're the fourth seeded team in the the NFC. But they get a lucky, they get a lucky matchup, I guess, for them. No, I thought they were the fourth. No, the Niners, then the then the Cowboys, then them. Because the three division winners are the top three seeds. Oh, yes, I guess. So the the third seed, they get a home game. Who's the fourth seed? The Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles have to go to Tampa. Okay. Even though the Eagles probably had what four more, five more, right, you know, right, four more wins. Than, well, the than NFC the, South was just yeah, horrendous, or, man. Maybe not, maybe not four more wins, but anyway, but the, the Eagles, Eagles are choking down the stretch. They're they're playing horrible, but the Eagles are going to roll the Buccaneers. Yeah. Well, although uh, Jalen's got that finger injury, you know, mm. of course they have a decent backup with with some starter experience in Mariota. Yeah. So. All right, well, let's, uh, you know, for, for only doing two open and toast, we, we've done Still talk for an, an hour. hour. <laughs> we always long-winded. I mean, so, half of that was crying about coach. So. Yeah. So, well, let's raise our glass one more time. I'm out, man. I've been, so, I've been, yeah, I'm drunk, man. I've been getting, <laughs> I've been drinking. Drink. Yeah, let me, let me pour you a little BT. No, I'll drink a little of his backwash. It and, don't matter. Uh, I've had enough bourbon now. Give so. you something to, to cheer the goat. So, mm, one, one last time. Man. Coach, thanks for everything. Thank you, Coach. Saban. Enjoy the retirement. You do you. And Miss Terry, congratulations on getting your husband back. We love you, Coach. Cheers. We do. I'm I'm happy for you, man. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' Podcast. It is time to rate that shit. Colby, what are we drinking? I just don't know if I got it in me today. The we gold, drinking. We drinking. Retired. Well, you know, I'm a little sour, so we had to go with the sour mash. <laughs> We're sour on Bama football. We lost our goat today. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so we've been on this Mictor's kick for the last two weeks. And this week, and you can see how sad we are. We've been we, in the bottle a little early today. Uh, but we've got this uh, Mictor's US-1 sour mash whiskey from the Mictor's distillery right there in Kentucky. Now... For people that might be wondering, what's a sour mash? Yeah. So a sour mash is basically a mash that was previously fermented, and then they bring it back as the startup mash. So it's kind of similar to the way that sourdough bread is made. It's kind of that same concept. So that's what a sour mash is. And now this is called uh, just a whiskey. They don't call it a bourbon or a rye because of the the uh, grain mix that goes into this one. So it, it doesn't qualify right. as a rye and it doesn't qualify as a bourbon. They don't tell you what that grain mix is, but it's it, it can't be, you know, the percentages required to, to meet that. It's off just a little, huh? Exactly. So now this is gonna cost you about like last week's, $45. Uh, you probably find it from 40 to $50. A little bit lighter in proof. This is 86 proof. Uh, non-age specified, so um, it's NAS. Now your aroma, you should get some caramel, uh, actually some caramel corn is the way they described it, berries and vanilla. Mm -hmm. And then your taste 
should be like vanilla, cocoa, and maybe a little brown sugar. And then your finish is gonna, it's gonna finish like a rye. So you're gonna get a little nugget and a little spice. A little nugget? A little, little nuggy. A little nugget. Uh, and some spice. Um, but yeah, they say, you know, it's one of those that should start like a bourbon, yeah. but finish like a rye. And that's probably why I'm you like this one. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely getting that. You always get, I always get vanilla. That, that I mean, goes that's, without that's saying. I'm that's getting, I'm getting, definitely getting some, uh, some berry and some, uh, you know, some fruitiness. I tell everybody about our rating system and, uh. Well, if you're watching, you can you can see our rating system behind me. We got one through four. One for us, we don't like it. It's a brown bag. Um, we don't we don't give out too many brown bags, but when we do, they're pretty bad. Two, it's getting a little bit better. It's a mixer. That's probably your daily drinker. So don't think a mixer's bad. Could for us, Woodford's a mixer. So uh, so so just factor that in. Three is definitely getting better, but three is probably a little higher in proof. Probably not something like this for us normally, but that would be something you might want to dilute. We call that on the rocks. And last but not least, the way we're drinking this tonight, uh, number four is neat. We like to sip our bourbons neat pretty much. I drink my bur all my bourbon neat because I just really want to taste it. Same. Yeah. So what you think? What you... It's actually got a lot of different things going on there. You know, I do get obviously the vanilla and the caramel corn. Um, it's n it doesn't have a lot of burn, so it's not quite as spicy as as a rye on the back end. Um, I definitely Man, even is... just sitting here talking right now, I've got that caramel corn mm. taste sitting on my tongue. You know what I'm getting? I'm getting that nougat. I'm getting that nugget. You want that nugget? I'm getting that nugget, man. That nugget is powerful to me. I mean, I'm getting, it's sweet. It's very flavorful. See, I'm getting fiddle faddle. Fiddle faddle? You know, the caramel corn. Right, right. I know what the hell fiddle faddle is. Well, you don't know what a Rolo is. I do know what a Rolo is. It's a Rollo. I like to call it a Rollo. This is good, man. This is good. This is like a... Man, this is like a dessert wine. It, it is. It's it's, and that's why you know when they said it starts like a bourbon and finishes like a rye, to me it's it's a, it's like a bourbon from start to finish, because I don't get Ooh, that's I don't, delicious. I don't get strong heat or spice on the back end. I don't get any of that pepper. You know, I don't get I, any, I, I don't I'm get any of that allspice. I'm getting some rye. I definitely get the Are rye. You? Yeah. I get the heat, the peppery. See, I'm not getting it. And it's, it's sticking with me. The caramel corn is what's sticking with me. Really? Mm-hmm. Man, I get that nougat, man. That nougat and them spices, and, and then I get a little of that finish with the with the rye. And up front, up front, I got that soury sweetness. Like yeah, that. yeah. It was, it was beautiful, man. That's a beautiful, I'm going to call it a bourbon. I don't give a damn what. You know, we usually, we usually don't score anything below a 90 very well. Right, that's delicious. But you know, I, I'm not going to go as, as as high as a four on our scale. But it's it's a three for me. No, it's a four for me, man. I'm going total four on this one. I I found this to be very enjoyable. Uh, it had. He's a, drunk and he's he's mourning the loss of our. Coach. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie <laughs> to you, TikTok. I am a little inebriated as we speak, but 
Might have to revisit this now. Mm, no, nah, I'm going for. I'm sticking and you, with you, it for. You are a fan of sour mashes. I am. It seems like every sour mash you try, you really like. I do like it. It so, just, it just, it fits my flavor profile. I think because it gives you the, the best of both worlds. It gives you the the sweetness of a of a bourbon, but then also that spice of yeah. rye. So, yep. Don't let me speak for you. Nah, you, you just you said what I wanted to really well. Obviously, we've been together a little too long. You gonna tuck me in tonight? <laughs> I need somebody to tuck me in tonight. I need someone to sing Where's sweet your girl at? lullabies to me. Oh, she gonna tuck me in tonight. Oh, okay. But I mean, I was making a joke. I'm I don't cut really, all this shit out. I don't really <laughs> want you tucking me in because we just rambling now. Because <laughs> we're both inebriated from. Drinking our sorrows away. It is what it is, Bama. I mean, it is what it is. But On to is. the next chapter. Yeah, that's it, man. We're, we're still going to – we're going to field a football team. That I can promise you. <laughs> Whether or not they're going to be full of five stars in August, I don't know. Hopefully not. Hopefully so. I mean, hopefully our, our new coach holds it together. But that's a good look. That's a good bourbon, man. That is, yeah. <laughs> now I know we got sidetracked. Now this one, I think this is the first time I sidetracked us all night. Usually <laughs> I do it three or four times during well, the podcast. Well, we only had two subjects tonight: <laughs> <laughs> Saban and, and a little NFL. But this one, this one we bought at uh, Southern. What's the place called? I forget. Southern Star. No, not Southern Star. But this was, this was a, uh, this was an allocated. So this one's not not easy to find. This was an allocated yeah. bourbon that we were able to we were able to pick up, and so it, it was. It's not easy to find, but if you do find this one, I definitely recommend purchasing this Michter Sour Mash. I think it's good. Nick Nictor. Michter's grown a lot. He got Nick on the mind, man. <laughs> Everything's Nick saving Sour Mash is really good. <laughs> Everything's Nick tonight, but no. Um, the Michter, the whole series is really gaining in popularity um, because it, it it is they do unique things. Mm. You know, they they do the sour mash where it's not a it's not a rye sour mash, it's not a bourbon sour mash, it's somewhere in between. And you know, the the unblended American whiskey. Yeah, that one was um, pretty good. So too. they 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 like to to do different things than than the norm. So. You know, they're gaining a lot of popularity right now. And uh, we're going to go ahead and try to grab the rye and do the rye next week. So. Yeah. Now, I'll probably like the rye a little better than you, I'm sure. But Well, you know, I've been warming up to the ryes here lately. This one had a little little ryeness to it for me. Yeah. Now, I mean, I've had some high ryes that tasted ryer. Ryer? Ryer. Is that a word? Ryer? <laughs> That's going to be some good tonight. content. Be some really good content. Tonight, Ryer is a word. I like that word. I stand behind it. Ryer. It almost reminds me of, of that one mailman, baby. Peep the fit. Peep the fit. You lost me on that one. You lost me on that one. Nah, we'll talk about that one later. All right, well, anyway, All right. let's wrap this up. Till next week. Cheers. Cheers.